Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, on Classic 1220 and streaming on classic1220.ca. If you'd like to send me an email, the email address is exxon at classic1220.ca. I'm always uh, eager to get your emails. If there's a special guest you'd like us to bring on, if you have questions that weren't answered by our past guests that we had, just send me that email. Love getting your comments. And uh, hopefully, we'll be able to solve a few problems that you might have. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Von Broschler. He is an author of several books on consciousness expansion and has published books on everything from time travel to lucid dreams, thought power, out-of-body travel, ghosts, and energy healing. He is a former member of the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies in Rhinebeck, New York, and has led workshops throughout the United States and the United Kingdom. He is a former award-winning journalist. Currently, Vaughn lives on a small uh, rustic island in the San Juan Islands, just off the coast of Washington State near Vancouver, B.C. Joining me now is Vaughn Brashler. And Vaughn, welcome back to the Exxon. Nice having you with us. Thank you, Rob. It's so kind of you to have me back. I've been on the show but a long time ago yes and uh as it seems that more and more people are interested in the topics that uh that you talk about you know uh dreams past lives time travel and consciousness than ever before more and more people are asking these serious questions and to what do you attribute that to avon well i think that these are the big these these are the the gateway to the important questions. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Uh, what am I supposed to be doing in my life? What is it I'm supposed to remember? And how do I get on with doing what I'm supposed to do, to do here? I think these are the big questions. And all, all of these are like um, salad dressing to addressing those questions. Um, now I, I didn't pick any of these questions, any of these topics that right. I write about. They just seem to come to me as they come to everybody else. That these are the topics that we need to focus on. Vaughn, what started you on your quest uh, into all the topics that you are interested in? What happened in your life? I thought I had a normal childhood, but I guess I didn't. I, I came back from the first grade, and the kid across the street said, what do you mean when you stood up and everybody was supposed to say where they were from originally, and you, <laughs> and you cited a planet <laughs> that I've never heard of? And I said, I don't know, it just came to me. I guess I've, I've always been um, kind of a little out of sorts. Um, I've had a lot of odd things happen to me, even at a young age, that seemed uh Hard to explain at the time, and now that I'm older, I, I can see uh, that it was always kind of like, as I like to say, spirit guiding me. I had a lot of people along the way mm-hmm. that kind of led me and then disappeared. You know, strange, strange uh, uh, people would come into my life, and strange things would happen to me even when I was was a, a young young youngster, really. What was the strangest thing that happened to you as a youngster? Yeah, I don't know if I talked about this when I was on your show last it was a while ago Rob but I 
I was like, I think 11 or 12, I think it's 12 years old. And all of the kids in the neighborhood were fascinated with this, this yellow school bus. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a school bus. And it was an old beat up thing. And on the side that said, pickers wanted. Well, they had berry fields and they wanted kids to come and pick berries. Well, I had no real interest in picking berries. But what I heard was there was a nice river we could go and, uh, um, you know, sit along and, and, and dip in and swim um, during lunch hour. Well, I thought lunch hour was as soon as I got there and it extended throughout <laughs> the day. And, and as far as the berries, I was all for picking the berries. I just ate them all. I think I turned in one box. <laughs> so anyway, I'd been there a little while. And I got very, very sick. And someone said, oh, you swam too much and ate too many berries. And so I went and talked to the man who ran the bus and said, you've got to take me home. I have a terrible pain in my stomach like I've never felt before. I think it's serious. Now, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't really get, I'm one that keeps his pain to himself. So, you know, but he didn't know that. And he mm -hmm. said, oh, you wait, kid. We all, we all go home at the same time. So then I talked to the man who was uh, owned the, the berry field. Mrs. Mr. Berenger, and he said, you know, you, you wait till the bus leaves, and we'll take you home. Don't worry. Just sit down. You don't have to work anymore. Well, I felt really sick, and I told my friends that I noticed that the railroad track we ran across when we came onto the berry field, um, every day we would come across and run all over this, this railroad track. And I said, if I just followed these railroad tracks, it'll take me to my home. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, no, it stops in front of my house. Well, I started to walk, and um, I started to walk, and I, I got halfway uh, uh, out of their vision, and then I, I started to go around uh, a bunch of uh, overgrown bushes along the, the track at, at a curve, and I could no longer see them, and, uh, and I took one big step, and everything got dark, and then the next thing I knew, I was in front of my house. And I stepped down from the railroad track, which was very high up. I remember that. I went into the house. And um, I flopped on my mother's bed. And when she came in the room, I said, you've got to take me to the doctor. She said, oh, if you're sick, just lie down. I'll get, I'll get you some 7-Up. I said, no, I don't want 7-Up. <laughs> I'm really sick. She said, well, just, just relax. So she, she waited till morning, and she called our family doctor. And he was golfing, of course. Of course. And he said, well, take him. The way you've described it, it sounds like appendicitis. And you take him to the hospital, and I'll be there as soon as I finish the back nine. I'll never forget that. And uh, <clears throat> when he got there, my appendix had already burst. But, of course, uh, I, I survived, uh, luckily. And, uh, and, I, and I got to the hospital none too soon. Now, the odd thing about this story, Rob, is that the railroad tracks don't stop in front of my house. They don't? No. So the next year, I, I'm out in the backyard, and I, and I mm -hmm. you know, and everybody, says, everybody says, how did you get home, and, and how did it all happen, uh, that, you know, you got home in, just in time, and, and, and how did you find your way home, because the railroad, you know, uh, you know, how did, how did, it, uh, and I, I would say, oh, I don't want to talk about it because I couldn't explain it. It didn't make any sense to me. So I just blank, blanked it out. And uh, frankly, I think this is true of a lot of people that have um, odd or paranormal activities happening to them, things that they can't explain, you know, things uh, that are unknown to us. Um, and, and, and in this case, the next year, I looked out and I had to admit that there were no railroad tracks, indeed, that went in front of our house. Nowhere near our house. But a year later, we moved north of that city, and the railroad track did cross in front of our house, just as I had seen. It's a strange story, you know. And, and it's like, so, you know, I tried to explain what had happened to me, you know, and, and, and how this happened. But it seemed to me that... Um, it was it was it was very mystical, you know. I right. mean, I had absolutely folded time and space because when I got there, it was it was dark, but it all happened like in a, in a flash, like in a second, and I was instantly home. And then, how did I? Here's the thing: these railroad tracks that go all different ways. People that notice railroads, they 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 don't follow, you know, 
lines like 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 highways or, mm-hmm. or, or roadways they don't go to everybody's house they don't it's not like a bus line I mean they in our case they went along the river and along the bay and we were halfway in between the river and the bay and and, and, and so it's it's really odd that I would think of it that way but I was so confident that I would be home that I was home you know but when I got home it was mm-hmm. much later in the day you know it should have been like afternoon so i think i'm one guy who's actually stepped out of time and space and never gotten back those three hours that i lost you know you've uh, you've led a fascinating career uh, you you're and you know you talk many subjects uh, you you know time and space consciousness and and it seems that one of the topics that that you're you do a lot of talking for is about dreams and I read somewhere that you said um, sometimes a dream is more than a dream. What did you mean by that? Yeah, you know, we have uh, a way of looking at dreams in our society today that they're just like um, memories that were flashing through our head. They're like things that are of concern to us. And this is true of a lot of um, low-level dreams. These are dreams of a restless night where you're, you're... you're not totally asleep. Your 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 analytical mind, your brain is certainly not fully asleep. It's still grinding away at concerns of yesterday and worries about tomorrow, and things that you want to resolve today. But even when you were wide awake and worried about it, we're not able to do so. You you continue grinding away at these problems, and so we have these dreams where we're reliving experiences or we're going through different scenarios very often we play an odd role there where we're all the people we don't really see the people and these are like black and white sketchy sketchy kind of bizarre surreal experiences these are not real dreams i mean they are real dreams but they're not lucid vivid meaningful impactful dreams so what i'm talking about when a dream is more than a dream is when a dream is in color, it's lucid, it's vivid, it has great personal meaning to you, it's maybe prophetic, uh, it analyzes, it solves a problem, it maybe takes you somewhere beyond time and space, uh, where you're a, an active participant and fully conscious, this is the most important thing, you're fully conscious of being there. So I always... Uh, encourage people that when they have a dream like this, you know, try to find yourself and 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 recognize that you're there uh, in in that dream, and 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 own the dream. You know, the, typically you say, "Well, look at your hands." Well, you don't physically have hands. You'll have maybe like an astral kind of outline of a something like a, a physical body that's like an in a in a uh, an etheric ephemeral body. And it will be uh, a, a presence where you are, are there uh, in a subtle energy body or actually a full armor of many subtle energy bodies, probably everything but your physical body, while your physical body is, is very rested and safe and peaceful uh, and, and, and shut down lying in your bed or on your sofa. And this can happen also in a daydream. It can actually happen when you're walking down the street if you're not careful. You know, you could have a lucid dream practically any time, you know. And yeah. the, the interesting thing about what, what a dream is more than a dream is you go back thousands of years. All right, let's talk about the ancients because the dreams yeah, yeah, played yeah. a big part in ancient uh, civilizations and rituals. Exo Nation, my guest this hour is Vaughn Broschler. And uh, Vaughn and I will be back on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues right here from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, streaming worldwide at www.classic1220.ca. Are you a skeptic or are you a believer? Always send me your replies. Exxon at classic1220.ca. We'll be back shortly. Don't go away. Every day, we rise, 
challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, this is Michael Bolton wishing you all the very best this holiday season and in the coming new year. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, on your hometown radio, 12, Classic 1220, streaming around the world at classic1220.ca. Vaughn Baroshley is our special guest. And Vaughn, before we went to the uh, break, we were just getting into the ancients and the significance of dreams in their, uh, you know, their society as well as in, in their... Uh, everyday life and I was wondering if you could take us back in history and and give us an idea of, of how important dreams were to the ancients oh very important uh, for 3,000 years they've been been trusted by kings and visionary leaders in their most critical situations and so we're, we're just now beginning to study them as you know as psychologists and medical science look at at the uh, at these dreams but mm-hmm. the dreams have been treated uh, throughout time as divine revelation, prophecy, windows to the soul, really. So it goes back like 3,000 years, like I say. It goes back to uh, the ancient city of Sumer, uh, the area that produced Mesopotamia, Assyria, Babylonia, all those cultures, Acadia. Mm -hmm. And uh, they believe very much in dreams. Kings in Mesopotamia, for instance, they derive their guidance from, from, from their dreams. And they believed in them. The Sumerian king, uh, Gudea, he rebuilt uh, a temple uh, like 2000 B.C. or so uh, for just from instructions that he received in a dream. Uh, and from this period, we also have Gilgamesh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, yes. the, the Akkadian Epic. And Gilgamesh, he described travels to other realms and his personal meetings with deities. And then we have the Assyrian king who built a temple to the god of dreams. And that was around 850 uh, B.C. The Assyrians, Babylonians, that likewise, they cataloged their dreams as prophecy and direction. So then following that, you know, it's a direct line from, from the Chaldeans to the Egyptians. And early, uh, like 2000 B.C., the Egyptians were recording their dreams on papyrus leaves, mm. writing them down. We, we think that dream dictionaries and dream journals are, are kind of avant-garde. Well, they were doing it 2000 B.C. And they believed that their dreams, they served as oracles, as messages from, from the gods. And, and this is a recurring theme, that dreams could be prophetic or messages from a higher source. Um, yeah. Why so, do we, why do we dream, Vaughn? Why do we dream? Why do we? Dream? I think we're trying to. I think it is our inner soul, our spirit, or as I prefer to say, mm-hmm. our spirit is coming out, and it's it's exploring its identity, and it does this in a number of ways. It it leaves the body, 
Uh, it travels uh, beyond time and space in a dream or otherwise to 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 further understand it itself and, and who it is mm-hmm. and its role. Uh, it, 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 I think our spirit is trying to understand um, its connection to higher source of consciousness. I, th- I think this is you know, when people talk about higher consciousness, you know, I don't think that our inner consciousness is particularly high unless it's aligned with higher universal cosmic consciousness. But that's, that's, I think that's what we do. I think, I think our inner spirit longs to be free and longs to get outside of us. And, and, and what, what prevents this from happening when dreams are less than a dream is that your, 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 your physical brain mm-hmm. will act as a, as a, um, a gatekeeper and saying, oh, no, no, nothing, nothing gets by me. You know, I'm in total charge here. You know, I, we don't allow anybody to leave. We don't allow anybody to come in. There's no traveling around. None of this, none of this is going to happen. There's going to be no spirits slipping in and slipping out. There's going to be no exotic travel and discovery. We're going to play it safe, mister. Play it real safe. And, and this is exactly what your physical brain is supposed to do in regard to safeguarding your physical body. It's in charge of your physical safety and your well-being, but it, it, it absolutely needs to step aside. So like in the Hindu tradition, they talk about the, the in, in meditation for consciousness to come forth and to have these great moments of spirit discovery that the mind must be the slayer of the mind. And I think that's kind of... Um, I'm not saying it's a misinterpretation of what was said, but it's an example of how words don't really convey what's happening. There has to be an inner harmony where your physical brain and body allows itself to kind of, you know, go to a rest mode so that your spirit can go out and explore. This idea of of dream travel and discovery and lucid dreaming is, is important dream work, and, and it should be undertaken by everybody. It should be planned out, as the Egyptians and the Greeks did, with, with dream temples. I mean, they had dream temples. They had oracles. You know, they had Morpheus, the god of dreams. You know, they had Hippocrates leading the, the charge. Aristotle saying that dreams could predict and diagnose. Cicero in, in early, early Rome saying that dreams are produced by human conscious thought and result in visions of an insightful nature. And, and around the world, you know, the Tibetans, the, in early China, uh, that half of the soul is freed from the body during sleep to visit a dream realm. And now we'd call this perhaps a dreamscape, right? But I, I, would, say, I would say that in, in your dream, your spirit could take you anywhere. Anywhere on this earth or beyond. Well, what can we actually learn from our dreams? And while dreams have lessons that we should learn how to pay attention to? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, you, the thing about a, a dream work is that you need to be very observant. You're not going to be a participant in the sense that you're going to have meaningful discussion. You, you'll have, and if, if you have any discussion in a lucid dream, mm-hmm. it's likely to be telepathic, not verbal. If it's verbal, it's like it's it's there are loud thoughts in your head that resonate, but they're not they're not going to be auditory. See, you don't have hands, you don't have feet, you don't have a, a tongue. You know, for, all of this, you know, the five physical senses are gone, and you're you're out there with uh, a new uh, array of uh, conscious uh, uh, awareness. Yes. You, yeah, and your your aware your perceptive awareness is what's going to take you forward. And it's like being, I, as I say, um, people are fascinated with remote viewing. This is exactly what we're talking about. It's like being a fly on the wall. And remember, a fly has like 100 eyes, right? Mm-hmm. A fly sees all and knows all, and it's very aware of everything. So in short, I think that a lucid dream or dream work is an opportunity to, to observe and witness and take it all in. This is what the shamans would do, right? I mean, in dream walking, you know, in spirit walking, 
you know, the shaman would, would, would go into this deep trance, which is much like a lucid dreaming or meditation. And anyway, the, the, the shaman would leave and go beyond normal time and space. You can go back and, li- and talk to the ancestors or listen to the ancestors, actually, go, go, or, or go forward in time to see what, what future holds for his people. And but, would teach these skills to people as vision quest. But I, I've often wondered, Vaughn, if this is uh, when a shaman is doing a vision quest, going back mm-hmm. in time or forward in time. If this yeah. is n- if this is not something that he is creating in his own subconscious. Yeah, and, and then you have to wonder what's the difference, you know? And you could. You well, could lose I, I, sleep tonight thinking about that. But I, yeah, I, I guess I guess what say. I'm trying to say is like, how do we know that he is really actually well, going back in time or going forward in time, and that it's just not based on his belief, his desires, and it has nothing to do with time, space, and and anything else except what he is creating in his own mind. Well, except that he he would seem to go back and 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 recognize ancestors okay and listen to them speaking and and he would he would they would be known to him but 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 i would i would throw this in too i mean your argument is is a good one rob that that we do create our own reality mm-hmm. and 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 our our vision of the past my past your past real as they seem to us uh we're, we're trying to recreate it uh, not fully recognizing what it is because i mean remember um you know a priori knowledge and how few of us ever ever come into into the world with that right uh yeah and 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 how sad that is uh that that we don't how all have this recollection uh that some that some seem to do you know with unerring detailed accounts of everything to where they could like recite a language or or, or remember uh, people or, or 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 lines of a poem or, or how to play the piano having never been taught in this lifetime, but you know, I think that I think that we're we're trying to we're trying to get back to a memory, and so we're we're going in our consciousness, and and our inner consciousness. It has a, a memory too. It, it has a memory of, of not only what's ha- transpired during this this physical life of ours, but uh, presumably of an earlier life, of a past, and and it, and presumably it has some information beyond us. You know, as we tend to think of spirit as having guiding us with insight that that is not known to us otherwise. So if if, the, if this were true. Then it would have to have a lot of memory bank, <laughs> huge yes. memory bank, and, well, and 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 it, and it and it probably doesn't come uh, as it goes buffeted through this world and being born in the trauma of this life. But doesn't isn't that what people total recall? But isn't that what people are saying that the Akashic records are for? Mm, oh yeah, well, that the memory that the Akashic records are a a history of everything, right? Yeah. See, so I mean, the Akashic records uh, uh, exist on one on one level, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, on a an astral level, one of the astral levels, and and they are a, a record of well, uh, histories. Yeah, but moreover, they're uh, 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 they're a record of like um, I would call them more like tendencies or likelihoods. Or probabilities. Vaughn, stand by. We've got to take our break. Exonation. Yep. Vaughn Brashler is my special guest at this hour. We're talking about dreams, time travel, and much more. If you'd like to uh, find out more information about Vaughn Brashler, he has a Facebook page. And we'll be back on the other side of this very short break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast centers and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, streaming around the world on classic1220.ca Don't go away. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Rob McConnell, and welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Today on the X-Zone, what is the star of Bethlehem? Who would ever have thought that the Rosetta Stone, the identity of the Star of Bethlehem, would have been found on an ancient Roman coin that was purchased in the spring of 1991 by astronomer and coin collector Dr. Michael Molnar. Upon examining his newly acquired coin, Dr. Molnar noticed that the inscription of the coin was actually telling an astrological story about the Star of Bethlehem. Using his facilities at Reuters University and the philosophy of astrology, Dr. Molnar was able to identify the Star of Bethlehem as a rare planetary alignment of the planet Jupiter being in the House of Aries on on April the 17th, 6 BC, the birth date of Jesus Christ. These findings were supported by additional findings as well. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time movie about a ghost from a wishing well. In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet You know that ghost is me And I will never be set free As long as I'm a ghost You can't see Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, streaming worldwide at classic1220.ca. Vaughn Broschler is our special guest this hour. And Vaughn, do, in your opinion, do those who have passed come to us in dreams? Yes, I think they do, but I think there's a, there's a window for most of them. It's like the first three days after their passing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and many people will... will there's a lot of accounts of people. I've interviewed people for another book. Uh, how this will happen so close to their the death of the loved one, and they'll come and they'll they'll see something revealing, and it'll be like a, a, a goodbye, really. And I, I think it's important to to not try to access access or contact the dead as they have to move forward in. In their own, you know, existence. If you, if you believe that there's life after this life, and as I do, and and then, but if but if they come to you, you see, that's a whole other matter. If they come to you, and they want to have a moment with you for whatever reason, maybe just to sit with you and for a moment, or sure. maybe say something. I think that's wonderful. Just wonderful. Have you yourself had experiences in the paranormal? For example, have you yeah, seen ghosts? Yeah. You have. Let's hear. Could you yeah, share some? So, 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 uh, the, I guess the, my biggest one has to do with the woman that, that was my roommate, and she ended up in hospice and died young. Um, but there's a happy ending. That's all I'll get to. It, it starts years before when I was working at the uh, Theosophical headquarters of uh, in in um, Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, national headquarters and um, I, I hadn't been there very long and I'd taken over uh, the pu- in the publishing house from a man that had kind of started the, the publishing division and I started getting these calls the first summer I was there 
and they uh, and this is before cell phones. <laughs> That's important <laughs> to know. And 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 the the rotary phone rings on my desk, and I pick it up, and clear as could be, I hear a man, who sounds very old and very, very much like an elderly man from India, an East Indian, and he is <clears throat> asking me if I would like to join him. Uh, on a lightning tour of India in the fall. And I said, in the fall? And he said, yes, autumn is the best time, sir. He said, I would do this in late August or early September. He said, as soon as I get my group together, I do this every year. And it is very profound. It would it would change your life. I would show you things that would change your life. And I said, well, sir, I'm, I'm very flattered um, you know, and why did you uh, ask me? And he, and he just like talks over me, like doesn't really respond to me. He says, like, you must come with me, sir. He said, I have selected you to come on this tour of, 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 of India with me uh, uh, this this fall, my lightning my lightning rod tour of India. And um, and he said, well, think about it. I said, well, I'm very busy. I just started this job, and we're doing so many fun things here. And, and we started a radio series and a, a new magazine and all kinds of mm-hmm. all kinds of fun things. And I said, I just can't do it. I, I, I can't get get back up and go. And he, and he kept, you know, not hearing that. He says, you must come with me. I will call you again, sir. And the, and the line goes dead. Now, okay, so I get another call like this, like, I don't know, a few days later, maybe a week. And he says basically the same thing. And I'm saying, like, I can't go with you. I'm very sorry. I, I don't know why you called. You must have been trying to reach Mr. Patterson, who had this job for many decades before me. And and and, and uh, I don't know why you called me. And, and he said, no, no, no. He said, oh, you must come with me on my lightning tour of India. And he goes on to explain how important it is. And he and line goes dead. It, and his voice is very clear. He, and I can understand him very well, even though he sounds very old and has a very thick accent. I guess, I, you know, and I'm thinking like, oh, is somebody in our society, you know, and maybe because it's an international group, somebody in India, mm-hmm. you know, and I ask around, is there anybody like that? No. So I go to the other buildings So we're in the publication building and, and um, the gal that does the switchboard, I said, did you switch a guy over here? It had a thick Indian accent, sounded very, very old. It happened like just minutes ago and then like a week ago. No, 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 no. He must have dialed you directly, Vaughn. I'd, I'd remember anything like that. And I and I started asking different people, you know, in, in both buildings, you know. Uh, I thought I was being played, you know. It was a, a setup, a, 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 a joke. No, they all looked at me like I was crazy when I started asking these questions. So I get an, a third call, and uh, it's the man again, and he says, if you can't come with me on my lightning rod tour of India, I'm a, I will give you one other thing that will change your life forever, sir. I will teach you how to move in the light. I said, Move in the light. He said, if you learned to meditate in the early morning light when the sun first rises beside running water, he said, you can, you can, you can be in the light um, and you can move in the light. You can become one with the light. And I said, well, you're talking about meditation, right? And it's like, uh, I'm thinking like I have a big blanket and mm-hmm. we have a, a pond in the back with a, with a you know, aerated pond. And, and I'm thinking how oh, I could do this. He, he doesn't seem to recognize anything I'm saying. And he just talks over me. He says, you must learn to meditate in the early light, in the early morning light beside running water. And this will change your life forever, sir. He said, believe me. And uh, he, he never calls again. Hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. So I get, I get out this blanket, <laughs> this, this, this yellow blanket somebody gave me, and I laid it out next to the pond in the back of our grounds there and uh, beside the water. And it's incredible. It's incredible to, to do this, to meditate in early morning light. A profound uh, experience meditating like that. And, and, and. I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? So I get to thinking like, we have a, uh, we're on the third floor, 
And on the first floor is a bookstore called Quest Books. And I go down there, I talk to the woman who's the manager, and I said, where are the good books on meditation? She said, what do you mean, Vaughn, the good books on meditation? I said, I mean the ones written by the men in India, the masters, the really good stuff. Not you know not the new gurus the new stuff. I where are where are where are the legitimate teachers? She said, oh, d- down that row. So I walked down that row and it's like a dead end. You know, it's like and I and there's a fa- a book face out. And I I picked it up, and I flipped it over and I started reading the back, and it talked about this old man, from India that would lead people on a lightning rod tour of India every year in the autumn months. And he would do this every year for many, many years. It was a tradition. And they said he was perhaps best known by his many students through the years as teaching a technique of meditating in the morning light beside water. Fascinating. And then it said the year he was born, Mm -hmm. and it listed the year he had died. It was two years before he called me. Talk about getting a call from the other side. So, wow. so I, so, so I, I actually, you know, played with that a lot. Mm-hmm. And later on, I moved um, uh, to Minnesota, and and I had a roommate who had uh, had a scare with uh, brain cancer. Oh gosh! But she, she she'd re- recovered, and she was she'd been written up in books with uh, as an amazing recovery example. Mm-hmm. She said it was because her cat sat on her, sat on her and purred, but she was she was given up as dead, and then she she made this spontaneous recovery, and you know, and she, she went on the radio and everything for a while, and um, so she came to live with me, and then she got very very sick, we held a um, a meeting at her house and tried to encourage her to go to uh, an intervention, I guess you call it, encourage her to go in for testing. And yes, yes, it had it had come back, and 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 it and the and the cancer had spread throughout all her brain. Oh, jeez. The op- the operator they couldn't get it, and she had to go into hospice. So I taught her when she was in hospice mm-hmm. how to meditate in the early morning light beside water. How did I do that? There was a a window that came through the hospice, and it 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 would if I could move the bed a little to the right and a little bit forward. The light would shine on her from the window, and then I had this little thing I put next to, on the desk next to her bed uh, that created uh, water, run, running water, and we did that. And 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 we 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 practiced this. We we practiced actually leaving our bodies together in a in a in a in a meditation, and 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 going through different you know levels. I mean diff, different subtle energy levels, and and. It was it was really incredible. I mean, we 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 so many of us think our world is this physical world. Mm-hmm. But beyond the physical plane, there are other planes of existence. There's the mental plane, you know, the astral plane. The, there are many many planes of existence, and we we explored all of those. And I took her up pretty far, up to a spiritual level, and the colors started getting very blue, and everything changed. And I came back, and at that time she no longer had the ability to speak, but but she would do these exercises with me, and I said, Deb, I said, I said I think you can go on your own now. I can't take you where you need to go next, but I think you can do it yourself, don't you? And she squeezed my hand really tight, and she looked me right square in the eyes and said the first word she'd said in weeks. She said yes. Oh my the next, gosh! Next morning story. she died. And when I and I went home after she died, mm-hmm. there there she was playing with her cat. <laughs> now, you know, I thought, huh, okay. So then she went upstairs, and then there was music in the room. Okay, now hold then, hold on here, hold on here. She was yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, but she was at your house, and she walked yeah. upstairs to the. Okay, I'm just she wondering. Was she she was. I remember she was playing with her cat. Yeah. She claimed it had been so helpful in, in reviving her the first time. Mm-hmm. And 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 old an old wizard. She was playing with him with a pink ribbon, and I'd never seen this pink ribbon before. But after she finished playing, she dropped the ribbon and it curled, curled, curled as ribbons will do, and fell in this wicker basket. And I went and I after she just she went up the stairs, I went to the basket and I found the pink ribbon. 
I said, I've never seen this pink ribbon before. Stand well, by, Vaughn. We're going to have to take a bit of a cliffhanger here. Exonation, Vaughn. Broschler is our guest. His uh, Facebook page is, I just had it here a second ago, facebook.com forward slash the Brashler. And um, we'll come back talking about more of this fascinating information, the consciousness, the light, as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, on your hometown radio, Classic 1220. Just like an old time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm dreaming tonight. This is Nick Pope here from nickpope.net. I'd like to wish Rob McConnell, everyone at the X-Zone Radio Show, and all your listeners a very happy Christmas. And I wish you every happiness in 2006. It's a long road back. I promise you. It's amazing how you can speak right to my heart. Without saying a word, you can light up the dark. Try as I may, I can never explain what I hear when you don't say a thing. The smile on your face lets me. Von Brashler is our special guest of this hour, Exo Nation. His Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash the Brashler. And we're coming to you right here on this frequency 1220 from our broadcast station and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, on your hometown Classic 1220 and streamed around the world on classic1220.ca. All right, that story that you told us before we went to the break, uh, Vaughn, was yeah. it was hard to believe. Yeah, it is a little hard to believe. Um, no, I'm not. People, no, I, I'd like to. I'd like to preface this by saying it's not that I don't believe you. Well, yeah, there are a lot of people. There were a lot of moving parts in this, and yeah. and, and, and they. We, she had a, a group of people. We tried very, very hard to do hospice at home, mm-hmm. and 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 they, these were the people who actually were part of the intervention that got her into the hospital for the testing. Now, um, how 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 it came back that at the age of thirty three she was going to die, mm-hmm. after going through an eight year recovery and having had cancer for seven years. You know, it's like I can't figure this out. You know, and 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 but but the way she died was, I I honestly felt that having learned to do this kind of kind of uh, meditation with her, uh, which was kind of directed by the man who gave me these mysterious phone calls years earlier, um, had a a part in in her ability to walk freely out of that place and and I and I kept telling the the woman who was in charge of the hospice it was run by a catholic order and 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 and, and uh, sister uh, Luke was the head nurse and the head nun and I told sister Luke I said Deb's going to walk out of here she said Vaughn nobody walks out of here nobody I said Deb will and and I honestly think 
I honestly think she did. I think I think that 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 she's a free person. And, and my takeaway from this is that everybody needs to learn uh, conscious living and conscious dying, because if if your if if your consciousness is is really at a at a high level in 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 in, in touch with universal consciousness. If you're really highly conscious when you die, mm-hmm. then you'll die a conscious death, and it won't be a sudden scary thing. You know, like we read in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, uh, the horrors that people go through because they're not ready wow. to die. Well, that's how we get ghosts. I mean, I, I was a ghost hunter for a while, and it's a terrible thing to encounter people who are so scared, or so confused, or so holding on to life when they die that they can't move forward. But, but, but. To be ready to actually get up and walk out, because I, like I told Deb again and again, the fact that you don't have the ability to stand on your feet and mm-hmm. walk out of here does not mean that you can't walk out of here. And I honestly think, I honestly think that she could, because when she when she dropped that pink ribbon in the basket and went upstairs, and I heard the music coming out of the room, and I got to thinking, you know, like, should I go in there and see her? So I I went in there. And the room was empty because what I'd forgotten was that all of her things had been removed by her parents because they knew she was going to die. There was no stereo. Mm-hmm. There was no bed. There was nothing there. Yet I heard the music. And the music stopped when I turned the doorknob and walked inside. Now, I went out in the hallway, uh, which and there was a little closet where she, uh, I, I, I don't know, she kept towels there. And I, I got to thinking, you know, like, gosh. Did they get it all, you know? And I went, in the hallway, they did get all the towels and everything. But there was a box of pink ribbons that she had been working on before she went in to hospice, had been working on to make as Christmas presents for people. Oh, gosh. I'd never seen that before. I'd never, that was a secret thing, a secret basket. Nobody knew that. And, and, and. So I, I think it was um, it was an eye opener for me, you know. And, and I th- now I think about life, and I think about mm-hmm. death, and I think that death isn't what people think it is, and I think that the life isn't what people think it is. It's like we're not we're not fully awake people, you know. We're sleepwalking through life, and when we die, we're confused. Well, I I think it, you know, if 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 we pro- do if we do proper dream work. If we learn to meditate, if we attune our consciousness and become more aware of everything around us, including why we're here and what we should be doing in our life, then I think I think things are gonna things are gonna work out better for us. For one thing, we're we're going to die with a purpose, and that purpose will be to continue our evolution as 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 souls, because I think that it's just a continual merry-go-round of people uh, coming here riding around the merry-go-round and and having a wonderful time riding the wooden horse that's on that carousel and the music stops and we call that the end the end the but end there is the ride, no end yeah. the music starts again and you go to another horse and you continue going around the carousel so and is I this all is this all part of reincarnation reincarnation absolutely it's a never-ending cycle it'll never ever end Never. So if it never ends, Vaughn, where did it start? Hello? Yeah, I think it started with consciousness, actually. I think there are two things that, that bring life uh, into into motion, and that is consciousness and light. And I think, you know, in, in the Hindu philosophy, they call that Shakti and, and uh, Shiva. And, and when, when consciousness and light come together when when conscious when light reaches consciousness that is reality that is our reality and and that's why we're here i mean are we're here to 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 allow our consciousness to experience this life in different manifestations in different scenarios so that it has some greater meaning to the universal flow the continuum of life if you will that is universal consciousness. So am I to understand that each and every person who comes to this planet, this plane, is supposed to learn something 
gather information that is fed to the universe. The universe. That's what I think, Rob. I mean, just one guy's opinion. Yeah. But to me, this this is a big. It, it's a big um, Easter egg hunt. I mean, it's like um, everybody is is in, is on a discovery mission in this life to find out things. It's all about discovery. Discovery is everything. I, and ask me what we're supposed to discover. I think it's different for every one of us. But if all this information is going back to the universe, why do we need to keep on reliving it or experiencing new scenarios when all this information that has been already submitted back to the universe by millions upon millions upon millions of yeah, uh, well, souls? There, but see, there is no end. You know, it, it, that's like. We tend to think in terms that are linear, a beginning, mm -hmm. a middle, and end. It, it's ongoing. It continues to unfold and evolve. It'll and it'll continue to evolve forever and ever. You know, there's there's no beginning. There's no end. But it seems at times that we are here as as puppets, as collectors for yeah. unseen masters. So the, back to the Akashic Records. I know that a lot of people want to think of the Akashic Records as the place where you can go. I always think of like the movie Rollerball, you know. Yeah. And John, Jonathan goes and he, he wants to look in the Hall of Records and find out what's going on. What's mm -hmm. going on? And, uh, you know, it's like we, we'd all like to just go and here's my library card now. Tell me what's going on. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not that easy, you know, because... There are so many variables in, in how things unfold. I mean, it's true, you know, as Einstein suggested, that the past, present, and future are all happening simultaneous, simultaneously. It is highly likely that they're all, they're all progressing and that yesterday has not ended and tomorrow is, is already here. But we're only experiencing this moment where we're standing right now and we only experience what we see in front of us. That's our limitation, you know. So, so we have to actually live out every, every, every scenario. There are so many variables, and there's so many ripples in 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 everybody's life that'll in, that'll impact other lives. Yeah. So you you can't say that everything is prescripted. It's impossible to prescript anything. So there are only they're only energy tendencies, you know. It's like at this moment in time, uh, it looks like it's going to happen this way. You know, I always think of people that they they, they are so slavishly uh, uh, dependent on following their numerolo numerology charts or their astrology yes, charts. Yeah. You know, but but there are so many things that will will affect these things you know in in you, you can you can do the tarot cards and this shows you how things seem to be going right now but the, it, it could all change tomorrow and it could change by what you do and what what your neighbor does yeah and, but i found that a lot of the tarot card readings the tea leaf readings the astrology the numerology is based on the on the way that the reader is interpreting the the information you get sure. two people with the same uh, spread of tarot cards or the same numerological sequence, and you're going to get different answers. Reader bias, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely reader bias. Well, that happens with everything. Any any kind of divination, mm -hmm. like gazing, Yeah. you and I could look at the sky and do sky gazing. We'd see different things. Sure. It's perception. Which is wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Vaughn, uh, we've got about a minute before I have to say so long to you. What is your final oh. final words of of wisdom to the listening audience of the Exxon Nation tonight on uh, Classic Twelve Twenty? Hey, gang, keep keep up the keep up the the journey. The journey is everything. We're all we're all on a journey to Oz, mm -hmm. and it's it it might seem like a dream at the end when you wake up and Annie M shakes you and says, "Honey, it was only a dream." But we're all going to get to Oz. You know, I, I think that every one of us is on a journey. Yeah. And I, th I think it's really important that we, we prepare for the journey. You pack just a little bit more than the fool who uh, goes off on the journey with that knapsack and the tarot card. <laughs> um, and, 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 and really 
and really embrace the journey, you know. Don't be afraid of the obstacles that are out there, the, the supernatural allies and, and enemies and the gatekeepers that make your hero's journey difficult. Your journey is a journey of, 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 of a hero. Vaughn, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to the next time you meet us back here in the X-Zone. Until then, take care of yourself and to you and yours the very best of the season. Thank you, sir. Good night, Vaughn. Exo Nation, my guest this hour has been Vaughn Brashler on Facebook.com forward slash V Brashler. He's got a number of books. Very interesting man. I call him a philosopher. Philosopher of the unknown. I'll be back tomorrow night at, uh, let me see, 11 o'clock Eastern as once again we continue our quest into the searching for answers demanding of truth in the world of parapsychology and paranormal. So until then, my friends, I am Rob McConnell. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light and keep your radios tuned to Your Town Radio Classic 1220. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.